All right, I don't want this to fall through the cracks. And if you're unaware, October is National ADHD Awareness Month. Reading a really interesting story uh, about a woman by the name of Robbie McDonald over the weekend who has put together her own podcast at the age of 50. She's been diagnosed with ADHD, and it occurred last year, and she's on the show now. Robbie, it's a pleasure to have you on. I'm so happy you could make some time for us. Oh, thank you, Kelly. Yeah, it's great to be here. So normally you hear about ADHD in kids, grade schoolers usually is when it's uh, first diagnosed. Had you at all suspected that you may have had ADHD in childhood or, um, Mm. you know, had your parents thought maybe there's something going on with Robbie that we should take her to a doctor and see if they can diagnose? Um, What's interesting is that no, um, because I grew up in the 70s and my mom was an educator at the time. She was working as a teacher and uh, she was basically informed that it was something that just affected little boys. So she knew the signs to look for in little boys, but she didn't know uh, the signs to look for in her own daughter. Um, so, so yeah, it was. It came as a surprise because it was. It was actually a friend of mine who, who said that she was considering uh, exploring um, a diagnosis. And I thought, well, you know, that's funny. We have a lot of the same kind of what I would originally called quirks, <laughs> but now I realize that there's something deeper to it. Um, so that kind of sent me on a path of doing some more research. And then uh, the diagnosis happened within a month of that. And you did research into ADHD and the uh, symptoms of ADHD. Did, were there a lot of points that, that you could check off when you went through the symptoms? <laughs> Pretty much all of them. Can you, for the sake of people listening right now that think, well, maybe I have ADHD, I tend to be a bit hyper and slightly distracted. What were those symptoms? Um, Well, yeah, it it is even more than that. I'm not sure if you're familiar with something called rejection sensitive dysphoria or RSD. It just means that um, when I experience something, um, either a piece of negative feedback or someone not answering a phone call or a text message, it physically affects me. Um, I will just feel as though... Um, I'm buried under a pile of rubble and I can't get out. It just absolutely devastates me. Um, and, and that sort of thing I thought was just, I was just overly sensitive, but it is actually one of the, for me, one of the things that really affects me quite deeply, um, with ADHD. And, and something I will say as well is that the name itself is a little bit misleading because I don't suffer from a lack of attention. In fact, I have an abundance of it. I feel everything simultaneously and very intensely. And at times, it's the, the big difficulty for me is prioritizing which thing to pay attention to. So, um, say, for example, I'd be in a meeting with my former boss. If there was a hummingbird outside my window, we were working remotely, I couldn't help but pay attention to the hummingbird. But my boss had some important things to say to me, so that, was, that didn't go well. Um, and, and that's the sort of thing that can uh, affect uh, my day-to-day living quite a bit. I understand you were diagnosed by uh, a doctor that you went to see last mm-hmm. year. Did, did you, was the doctor shocked to, f- to find you questioning whether you should be looking into the fact that you might have ADHD or how were they receiving uh, you inquiring? Well, well, it was actually interesting because I had been, I have been with my family doctor for just over two years and I went to see her for a separate issue. Um, and I had been in her office just the previous year in tears, um, mostly about my work life and not understanding why I couldn't, with all the tips and tricks I had at my disposal, um, just kind of keep it together, like why I felt so emotional, um, why um, prioritizing things was so challenging for me. So when I brought it up for her um, in, in an appointment that we had made specifically to talk about that, we were meeting online because of the pandemic, 
um, she just started nodding and said, well, this, so many things make sense now because because of my age, I'm actually 53, um, there was sort of this discussion happening around, well, maybe these are just menopause symptoms. And even previous to that, when when things were happening and I was becoming very emotional, when I was having difficulty focusing, um, that it was hormonal. Um, and, and that's not to say that that isn't part of it, um, but it was, it was deeper than that. Uh, so for her, it, it just made a lot of sense. Um, so it was pretty straightforward for her to provide me with some assessments. And then we had a really candid discussion about what some of the treatment options were from there. Before I ask you about treatment and management of your ADHD, how uncommon mm-hmm. is it for someone in their in their 50s to have ADHD? Um, uh, well, I wish I could provide you with a really juicy stat. I don't have anything because I don't think, um, I think the, the jury's still out in a lot of ways, for lack of a better term. I... I think it's more common than what people realize. And I think um, in my case, I was misdiagnosed uh, several times in my life uh, with other um, uh, disorders, um, which is to say, actually, that often with ADHD, there is something that goes along with it that tends to kind of travel together alongside something else. So that can also be quite confusing for folks because if you um, are getting treated for depression, for example, which I was in the past, Uh, the SSRI medications didn't have any impact on me because that wasn't what I needed. Um, Interesting. Yeah, they were actually, for me, when I was younger, when I tried them, they had a really bad effect on me. So So treatment would be kind of like a crapshoot. You've got to figure out exactly how you manage the ADHD, depending on what what else you're trying to manage at the same time. So how do you treat and manage Mm -hmm. ADHD? Um, well, it is on a spectrum, um, and there is no one-size-fits-all solution. Um, the most well-known treatment is stimulant medications. Um, they have unfortunately been given something of a bad rap in the popular culture, I think, over the last 10 years. Um, you know, I'm sure you've heard of the sort of cliche of um, college students snorting Ritalin so they can get their exams done. But what's really interesting to me is that when you actually have ADHD, uh, they don't Medications like that don't get you high. Um, they certainly have never had that impact for me. In fact, it seems counterintuitive, but they actually create space for me. They calm me down. They really help with impulse control, which was always an issue for me. So if I go to the market, for example, um, after taking medication, I buy the oat milk I set out to buy. I don't buy the oat milk and 20 other things. <laughs> so like that kind of thing, um, I think a lot of people are still kind of stuck in that um, I think, unfortunate cliche about it. You know, there's films like Take Your Pills, which I think really paint things in a really um, negative light. And I and I understand that people don't want their kids to be taking pills. I, and I, you know, adults, same thing. Um, but at the same time, if there is a medication that can help, I really think folks should have access to that. And how has being diagnosed with ADHD helped your relationships? Because I would imagine some mm-hmm. of the things you're talking about in pulse control and, and the like, and, you know, being overly sensitive as you kind of said mm-hmm. you thought you were or intense could really hurt a relationship. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I've been with my partner uh, for five years and um, he has been incredibly patient with these things, but it has caused him um, some suffering, I will say, uh, especially if we're just sitting in the living room having a cup of tea and I can't sit still. And mm-hmm. he's trying to tell me the story about his day and I'm not like trying to do all these like six other things simultaneously. (laughs) And um, that is something that we would often talk about. And I thought, well, no, he's being unreasonable. But then I realized, yeah, like most people can sit for 10 minutes on some conversation without having to get up and do something. Um, So having the medication has really helped with that. And yes, it has definitely 
um, like I was saying before, helped me have some space to uh, process things. So um, I'm not as quickly reactive. And, and some of the um, benefits of the medications are fairly subtle for me. Um, but I noticed almost immediately the ability to prioritize tasks uh, became a little bit easier for me. Like I said, the impulse control. I still, I still do feel the RSD, and the medications don't necessarily work with that. Um, and that's something I'm working with, uh, you know, things like mindfulness and meditation, uh, talk therapy, um, and just um, talking to other folks who also have the same um, I, I, I sometimes I struggle to say the word disorder because I feel like right. that's a little off, but um, that have the same kind of mindset that, that their brains are kind of wired the same way. It really helps me to have the podcast with Jordan, for example, because I was just going to bring that up because you, you host mm-hmm. a podcast that we haven't even touched on yet. And I don't have a lot of time, but it's the Holy mm-hmm. Sh- I have ADHD podcast. <laughs> I think everybody knows what sh- stands for. Um, so, you know, you, how many episodes are in here and what's the goal of this? Is it to show other people our age? Like, Hey, yeah, you know what? Your older years, you might have ADHD and you might want to check it out. Oh yeah, that is, um, that's, that's a big part of it, Kelly. Uh, we, we were about 30 episodes in now. Uh, we started recording uh, early in uh, 2021. Uh, we do about, you know, once every two weeks, sometimes depending on our energy and focus, uh, we'll do it once a week. And sometimes we'll have guests on. But really, we just wanted people to know they weren't alone in this, uh, especially if uh, you're just starting to get curious about it. Uh, to hear us talk, um, and this is the feedback we're getting for folks to listen to the show, is that they feel understood and they feel less alone. And that was really our goal. Because a lot of people don't feel comfortable disclosing this. There's yep. still a lot of stigma around it. Um, so if people are able to listen to our show and then maybe either, you know, do some research themselves or connect to community, then that's exactly what we're doing it. Um, because well, Robbie, I really... Yeah. I think it's great uh, that you appeared on the show and that we talked about this. I think it's important. I hope people explore your podcast. And uh, thanks so much for your time. We got to talk about a cabinet shuffle. We'll talk about you know switching the topic, but uh, mm-hmm. it's that's the nature of a revolving radio station show. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks, Kelly. Thanks for taking the time today. I appreciate have, it. Have a great day. Robbie McDonald is uh, a co-host of the Holy Sh- I Have ADHD pa- podcast.